Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Boys America listeners, welcome to my 538th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will join next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. And speaking of college football, what a weekend it was. One for the ages, along with the NFL, starting from Thanksgiving Day on Thursday, right through last night, with that spectacular Eagles-Bills game. Uh, But I'm going to start with my highlight of the week, which was the Pittsburgh Steelers offense finally showing up by outgaining their opponent with over 400 yards for the first time this year Uh, in a victory. In fact, first time in like, I think maybe five years, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, But they did all this in a victory on the road over the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday. This, of course, uh, was in the aftermath of earlier in the week where they shocked the football world and maybe the football world in general, (laughs) where they fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada. It's the first time the Steelers have fired a head coach or a coordinator since, get this, 1941, uh, which just speaks to the stability of that organization. Uh, The Matt Canada thing, he had just become the lightning rod for all the woes. offensively in Pittsburgh. And I remember a month or two ago watching a Pittsburgh Penguins game early in the season, like, you know, early October, whatever, uh, where the fans at the Pittsburgh Penguins hockey arena were speaking chants against Matt Canada at a hockey game in Pittsburgh. And that's what I knew. It was uh, some serious stuff, and it has just grown from there. So they made the move. And again, they uh, didn't bring up a lot of points. They won 16 to 10. And, and frankly, the way they have been winning, they're having a great season. It's unbelievable that until yesterday, they had been outgained by every opponent they faced this year. Like that's, but yet, have a, a terrific record. I think they're 7 and 4 and right in the hunt. Uh, behind uh, the Ravens, 
um, and looking good for if playoffs began today, they would be in the playoffs. I mean, all this with their woeful offensive statistics. And then last week, Najee Harris, among others, uh, clearly expressing his displeasure and frustration. And then word come out that uh, Minka Fitzpatrick and uh, the fabulous safety and wide receiver Deontay Johnson had apparently gotten into an argument in the locker room that was broken up by two team leaders, T.J. Watt and Cameron Hayward. So all this stuff I'm telling you, and I grew up in western Pennsylvania, covered the Steelers, going back to the Steel Curtain dynasty era, and grew up watching them. So it's been a lifelong uh, part of my life. And all these things I just mentioned, you know, locker room fights, frustrations after players, you know, firing the offensive coordinator. This just doesn't happen in Pittsburgh. Even back before 1969, when Chuck Noll arrived, uh, even when up to that point, they had never even made a playoff game. (laughs) So, and it wasn't going on then, uh, at least not since 1941. (laughs) And so, uh, all very, very unstealer like, but at the end of the day, as I just said it, despite all of this, they're having a good season, winning record wise, and would be in the playoffs if they started today, which is at the end of the day that you can you you can't say it any other way. Head coach Mike Tomlin never had a losing season. He has really grown. He's now the best soundbite perhaps in all of sports. All of sports. I uh, feel like he could be, become a motiva- motivational speaker tomorrow and be commanding, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, whatever money, he, whatever sum he wanted, whatever he might charge, because uh, everybody, including the media, myself included, are just hanging on his great sound bites. He just has a way to coin phrases, and uh, it, it's really great. And, and he's grown into that uh, over the years. So. Third head coach since 1969. Need we say more? Now that is stability. And uh, the Steelers, it's a great story. Maybe up to this point, really, the story of the year. We'll see how that offense does uh, as far as scoring points uh, uh, in addition to ringing up 400-plus yards for the first time. Um, That moves into my low light of the week. The other team that I've... uh, been a season ticket member of for since the early 90s through the dynasty. Well, if there were any doubt that the dynasty is dead, they were answered yesterday in my mind, which was ironic, a low light, a, a, a new low in a season of new lows. They lost to the New York Giants, the team that slayed them in two Super Bowls. Uh, both upsets, of course. Uh, um, so there, there, there's a Yankee Red Sox thing going on there, New York, Boston. Uh, the fans in New York were treating it yesterday like it was a Super Bowl and the Giants are having a horrific year. Anyway, new low in a season of new lows as the Patriots lost to the Giants on a missed field goal that would have tied it. Uh, they lost 10 to 7. And. I heard this morning on the Dan Patrick radio show, which is a great, great uh, radio show. Listen to it every chance I get. It's the, it's the fir- Yesterday was the first time any team has lost by holding opponents to 10 or under 
two in a row since 1993. And that was a Patriots team back in the uh, bad old days, shall we say, of Patriot, uh, Patriot land. Um, and it just was frustrating to watch. I was watching Red Zone all day yesterday. Um, frustrating to watch where they seemed, given their record this year, I would have liked to have seen them on that final drive just go for broke. I mean, where they got to lose. They're not making the playoffs. That's obvious. And, you, you know, they seem to be satisfied positioning themselves for just getting a tying field goal when I'd like to have seen them, you know, putting the ball in position, runs, what have you. I'd like to have seen them going for touchdowns and win the game, forget overtime, forget tying field goals. So I found that frustrating. Um, and what else can you say? If Mac Jones was benched again. He threw two picks. It's Bailey Zappi was really not much better. The fact they scored seven points tells you all you need to know. Um, on a, in what was, you know, a, a bad weather kind of game. Um, so, yeah, I, you just have to wonder where do they go from here. It's just it's new territory. Uh, this century, shall we say, for the Patriots to be in. And my bizarre story of the week was yesterday's epic, epic Bills-Eagles game to end Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, clearly, it was game of the year. It went till after 8, uh, 60 minutes. Watchers had to be frustrated because this game went on forever, but it was great. NFL always has a knack, and the Patriots used to be in many of these games, and I used to be in attendance the Sunday after Thanksgiving in the late window, meaning 4 o'clock, 4.30 Eastern time. They would put in, they would always have just spectacular matchups. Um, again, many that I attended at Gillette Stadium and just loved. You'd just circle them on the calendar because the Patriots were getting those games <laughs> in the Brady era. Um Bottom line, what made it so bizarre, of course, was just that uh, the Bills, whose season was almost, generally speaking, on the line, uh, they're out of the playoffs at the moment, <laughs> or in the hunt, but they're not. If they ended today, they wouldn't be in them. And uh, Josh Allen had a receiver running wide open, would have won the game at the end, and... It was overtime, and uh, Allen just threw the ball to his left, to, excuse me, more to his right, kind of straight down the middle where the receiver looked over his shoulder on the left. Near miss, he touched down, they win the game, and everything looks different. Instead, the Bills, it's like they can hardly even afford another loss, maybe one, maybe, or they're out. Uh, out of the playoffs. That's shocking. Um, and um, the Eagles just look <laughs> like uh, just a terrific team. This team knows how to win. Uh, having a great year. Best record in the league. Only team with one loss. And they're just looking incredible. And the scene in Philadelphia in the rain was just really, really uh 
spectacular. Like just the perfect game, you know, to end the Thanksgiving weekend where, you know, cold weather, rain, what have you in the Northeast where you just sort of like uh, huddle on your couch and enjoy the game of the year. So that was really cool. Um, other points of note um, were Frank Reich was fired this morning by the Carolina Panthers. Interesting. They're, I think, 1-10. Uh, and their owner, David Tepper, uh, apparently had enough and fired Frank Reich. Uh, the Bucks lost to the Colts in... Uh, frustrating fashion uh, Mike Evans Evans had a great game but it was just they could the defense vaunted defense really did could not stop the Colts uh, Jags Texans great game great game um, I know I said that a couple years ago but we're saying it now uh, CJ Stroud looks awesome and Trevor Lawrence is becoming has become become quarterback we always thought he would be so that was just a high drama game Broncos beat the Browns for their fifth win in a row that's kind of crazy, um, given where they were. So, again, just another, uh, you know, great, great football weekend, better than most, uh, especially when you go back to uh, three games on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. I hope everybody had a, a great Thanksgiving weekend, by the way. So now let's take our break. And next up, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, AP and Kelly, as we see it heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the sec college football and other sports as well. And AP and I will be talking as we always do about college football and what a weekend. Uh, you're going to want to hear all about it where AP covered one of the uh, most uh, the game of the weekend. So don't go anywhere. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice of America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time here on voiceamerica.com as humans we suffer when we believe we are not good enough we are taught we must be better look better try harder and achieve more 
We cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness. We don't have to live this way. You don't have to live this way. Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show where's america listeners welcome back to segment two of all around sports and i'm your host john inglesby to join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify, as well as other platforms, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. And AP, how are you doing today? Hey, doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you, as always, for joining us. And uh, AP, as I teased at the end of the previous segment, you were there, as you often are, for one of the all-time great endings in college football history and very fitting of, uh, of the classic rivalry you were at. So I and our listeners are dying to hear what it must have been like uh, for you on Saturday at the famed Iron Bowl. Yeah, John, we realized that Auburn was totally embarrassed the week before against New Mexico State, a good football team, but right. you don't pay them $1.8 million to come in there and, and whip you by three touchdowns on your home field. Exactly so right. We were wondering who would show good up. Good backdrop. The good team backdrop. competed against New Mexico State. Or the team who played Georgia to seven points in Ole Miss, a type ball game as well. And we soon found out that Auburn was able to block at the point of attack, and their, their rushing game was outstanding with 244 yards uh, total as a team. And I can't remember the last time Alabama gave up that many. They've been giving up some yards on the ground through the season, but 244, I have to check that out. That's that um, last time they gave up that many yards rushing. Exactly, yes. It was all about Auburn's rushing game for the most part. Um, and, again, just a classic ending. I mean, and ironically, on the 10-year anniversary of the kick six, the famous, maybe the most famous play in college football history, um, yes. where Auburn won on an Alabama missed field goal. We all remember that 10 years later. 
Uh, here we go again, AP, and it's it seems to happen at Jordan Hare Stadium at Auburn more often than it happens at Alabama. These just simply crazy, memorable, can't make this stuff up endings. But AP, in my mind, it all began when Auburn pretty much had the game won. All they had to do was field the punt, and the guy, the punt returner, slipped as he was just about to pull it into his bread basket. And we know the rest of the story, and that just kicked off one of the craziest sequences of events you'll ever see. Yeah, I mean, the special teams coach, I'm thinking he had the conversation, let it drop. It's right. not secure with your your vision, your footing, and all these other things that you feel comfortable with as you attempt to receive a punt. But it didn't happen, and then Alabama has the ball, and then we they're, they're driving and getting close, and then the, the bad snap and the penalties, and next thing you know, with less than a minute left, fourth and goal from the 31-yard line, season is on the line to continue their uh, their um, their path to try to make the college football playoff. Exactly, which would have ended had they lost the game, which appeared imminent. Yep. One second until before the punt was fumbled by the Auburn player, and I felt bad for him. By the way, I mean, like, he slipped. This was not oh, yeah. your norm. Yeah. This was not your normal muffed punt. You know, yeah. he slipped, and a split second later, the ball's hitting him right in the chest. But he was again going down because he slipped. And uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, then we get, you know, and it looked like Alabama might even have returned it for a touchdown, but of course the play was, the ball was given to Alabama, but whistled dead mm-hmm. on the spot yeah. of, 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 of the punt. Yes. But then the crazier sequence that kicked off the sequence that led to, you know, Alabama has the ball. Uh, there's a missed snap and they have a massive loss, 18 yards or something like that. And then, uh, right. The quarterback, uh, throws the ball, uh, while well, he's over the line of scrimmage, while well, he's scrambling. So that's a penalty. Right. And it resulted Five in yards, just, yes. yeah. And so it set up uh, just, you know, a down and distance you rarely hear, fourth and 31. Uh, to me, yeah, the irony that in that. the playbook. We'll yeah, exactly. The irony in that. Like, I'm watching it going, fourth and 31, are you kidding me? Before the play. And then the play yeah. speaks for itself, how that guy could be open in the corner like that. Um, you know, we're all here, we're hearing, you know, <laughs> a lot of criticism of Auburn's defense. You know, they only rushed three. Ultimately the cornerback had his back to the ball, uh, when bond caught it for Alabama. AP just added to the long list of you can't make this stuff up. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong against Auburn in that moment. Yeah. Alabama, credit to them. They did everything right. Yeah, they they had a spy, yes, John. I think two people rushed, had a spy. No. Right. I would have exactly brought in right, another AP. defensive back and say, look, just get in the end zone when that ball's near, you know, make sure we get everybody double team minimum. If we can, it should be because you have nine people back there. You can only have so many receivers, right? What's the maximum you could have out for a pass? And it's probably, is it five is the maximum? 
I think mm-hmm. it is five. Yeah, I, that's something I learned. Probably, knew I right? learned this weekend. Yeah, like I didn't know there was there was a number. I thought, but I, it makes sense with offensive line ineligible and all yeah, that. Yeah, because you have the offensive line and the quarterback. So um, maximum five. So you have nine people. You should be able to uh, take care of almost everybody. But he was left with that one-on-one cover. So really, in the end, John, they say, they're saying the miracle. But what I'm saying was that was a natural football play because it was one-on-one yes, it was. coverage. Yes, it was. He, he pushed him. He, 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 the, the cornerback or the defensive back claimed that he pushed off slightly, which <laughs> we know that's probably the case. I don't know if they didn't call him. Oh, yeah, there was a, there was a hand fighting on both sides yeah. there. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to make hand that fighting. No. You're not no, going to make, make that, that call. call. So he broke to the outside, and the ball was delivered perfectly, on a, I, I think, on a normal football play. There wasn't anything sensational except the entire circumstances. That was the sensational part for me, John. Couldn't agree more, AP. Perfectly said, as always. I had the exact same thought. Like, at the end of the day, the play that unfolded, the winning catch, was not some crazy Hail Mary type catch at all. No. The guy was open no. in the corner, no. got his feet down easily, quite easily. Yep. Yep. The cornerback, yep. you know, was covering him well, but in a little bit of hand fighting on both sides. And, you, you, you know, yeah. but he did make what, it, what was the fatal mistake of turning his head for a split second, leaving his yeah. back to the ball, which is what kind of gave the receiver the room he needed. But, yeah, at the end of the day, AP, it was, I wouldn't call it routine. It was a heck of a throw and a heck of an no. unbelievable throw, no. a heck of a catch. But it wasn't no, it, no, crazy. No, it was a great combination, yeah, throw and catch. Right, but it, right, but it wasn't some crazy deflection or Hail Mary-like no. or anything no, like that whatsoever. It was, a, you said it perfectly, AP, normal football play. We see it all the time. We see it every week. Uh, oh, Yeah. Dozens of times. 35-yard <laughs> pass from a quarterback in this day and age. I mean, you see that in high school. Exactly. And toe-tapping in the corner of the end zone. It's the yes. most common a play as you're going to see. And But that was the only thing that was normal. Everything leading up to that second yes. was highly abnormal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything else was sensational. Yeah, the timing, the 4th and 31, the circumstances surrounding the the score itself and to beat your rival and your – they were six and five and had been humiliated the week before by New Mexico State, and you are fighting for your life, and uh, you come up with a win. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yes. And again, you know, when the punt, the minute, the moment the punt was fumbled, I'm guessing you did it, and millions of watching and tens of thousands in person, the minute that ball got fumbled on the punt, I, was, I instantly said, here we go again. I just did. Yep. Like here comes another crazy ending at Jordan Hare, and that's and, and that's exactly what unfolded. Yeah. So this game just delivers AP. It just does. <laughs> you know, like no other. Yeah. It's yeah, special. and and the records didn't matter. Correct. Totally didn't matter. And Alabama lives to fight another day. And suddenly AP, you know, Alabama has not lost since September 9th against Texas. You know, that needs to sink in for a moment. Like there, there are moments yeah. since September 9th when Texas come into Tuscaloosa and beat them, uh, where you could say Alabama's playing the best college football of any team in the country. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that for this past Saturday by any means or, but no, no, you know, no, that's, yeah, that, that puts a, a question mark in your mind. Definitely. Because 
Auburn yes. is not a strong team, especially offensively. And this is against a team you know that has trouble with the pass. And so you already figured out their game plan was to run. Correct. Exactly. And AP, here we are, Alabama, Georgia. It's the game. It's just the game everybody wanted to see. We were going to see it whether Alabama won or not. But now the game has a whole lot of juice because Alabama – uh, is still alive to get in the college football playoff, period. And even if they didn't, but they beat Georgia, uh, it would be one of the upsets for the ages. Let's not forget Georgia has won, I believe, 29 in a row uh, in the SEC, which is, and I believe that might have set a record when they beat Georgia Tech the other night in their rivalry some game. Kind of um, record, yeah. Some kind of record, so. Georgia-Alabama SEC championship game. Doesn't get any better than that, AP. Uh so can't wait for that. And AP, uh, we've already completed the first segment. Gave, we devoted it all to Alabama-Auburn, which it deserved. Uh, but we still have a lot more to get to on the other side, including Georgia-Alabama. Uh, and we'll do that after the break. So don't go anywhere. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. NBA great and host of Country Boys Outdoors, Brad Miller joins the revolution with Jim and Trav this week to dunk on big bucks and get rut ready for his fall pursuits. Also phoning in will be our resident catfish expert, Cat Daddy, plus the bad to the bone mama, Mrs. Bunny. The revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Where's America, listeners? Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. 
And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify, as well as other platforms, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. And A.P., we talked in the first segment together about the spectacular Alabama-Auburn game on Saturday evening with an epic ending. But, AP, I forgot to ask you a question I'm very curious about. What was it like with the crowd? I mean, they were showing on TV people crying, and not surprisingly, Auburn fans. The shock in the stadium, you know, must have been, quite frankly, the opposite of what it was 10 10 years earlier for the kick six when it was jubilation. This was the other side of that coin, right? Right. The jaws were dropped and the tears flowed. And and there was that pocket of the Alabama band in the upper section and the, some, the people below. And they were cheering loudly, of course. And of course. the sidelines from Alabama was – when I before I went down to the field, the Auburn sideline was so enthusiastic. They came out to the center of the field. I don't know if they showed that on the television, but they were – just loud and just, you know, really just happy that they were ahead and excited oh, yeah. to be in the ball game and winning. And the Alabama side was slightly deflated. You could see in their body language because it was it was funny, the comparison. I think I took a picture of it, too. The Auburn sideline came all the way out to about midfield during the timeout. They were so – the whole team was excited. And Alabama kind of was just slowly trotting out to greet their – the other teammates coming off the field, but not with the enthusiasm of the Auburn sideline. So there's quite a contrast. Yeah, and it's interesting you would say that, AP, because they come back from one of the breaks late in the fourth quarter on TV, where, yeah. and you yeah. rarely hear this, where the announcer said, like, you know, while we were away, meaning for a commercial, uh, this was really special what was going on in here or something to that effect. Like, you know, right. it was surprising because you know basically they were saying you missed something because we were in a commercial <laughs> and, which is a bummer yeah. not what i yeah. want to hear uh but they talked about right. you know which i instantly thought like oh the crowd must have been going crazy or whatever and you, you know uh yeah. which they insinuated yeah. um so it sounds like right. that's the moment but you I, were talking about yeah because yeah rarely do you see a team come out to midfield Correct. in the middle of the game during Correct. the timeout yeah, that's how. That's the level of enthusiasm. The, Correct. The, the the score and the moment generated. Exactly right, AP. It was you know maybe that was bad karma. I'm sure a few more than a few people have looked back and thought about that. Um, but yeah, well, I'm glad, I'm glad you explained that because I think I and many other listeners probably had the same thing because it's so rare. For the announcers to say, basically say, "Hey, you missed something while we were in commercial." <laughs> like that's not what we want to hear. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no. You know, and that crowd yeah. looked just spectacular. Like uh, that looked like one of the better crowds you'd ever want to see. And I think Auburn is known for fabulous crowds, but this, you know, this looked extra special in those final few minutes until until the ending. Yes, yeah, big underdog and. I mean, really, before the game, John, because I saw the Tiger walk itself. Oh, cool. When the team marches between the, the crowd down the, a lane leading to the stadium. 
Mm-hmm. And they didn't seem all that enthusiastic to me because wow. of the prior weekend where they, were, they had such a poor performance. And here you're well, playing then. your rival team, you know, top ten in the country, trying to earn a berth in the college football playoff and on the way to Atlanta for the SEC championship. And I was thinking, gosh, I, I said to somebody, they have to get something started early in the first quarter to keep the crowd engaged. And they did. They they were terrific. Indeed they did. The, Opening kickoff, yeah. Indeed they did. Well, as we all know, AP, um, that wasn't the only game on Saturday. That's for darn sure. Um, no, no. The Ohio State-Michigan game, you know, along the yeah. lines of the Iron Bowl, it lived up to its billing. You, you can just go to the bank. It's going to be a great game. It's going to go to the end. And it did to basically the final 30 seconds. Uh, Michigan? Yes who I expected to win, did win, nip and tuck the whole way. Uh, Michigan had him down. Ohio State never quit, to their credit. Uh, but in the end, uh, they made the interception that mattered at the end of the game uh, against uh, Kyle McCord, the uh, Ohio State quarterback, who, let's not forget, had led that spectacular last-second drive to beat Notre Dame earlier in the season. Couldn't get it done this time, but Michigan has a, a great defense. And just a spectacular running game, by the way. They're a great team, Michigan. Yes. They really are. I expected them to win. Yeah. I knew it would be close, but they won. Yeah, I thought it would be a close game and Michigan would win. They're playing yep. at home. and Me too. They have confidence whether their, their head coach was on the sideline or not. That That's not on familiar territory to them. Correct. This is probably what, is this, this is the fifth game, the, uh, the sixth game, the fifth game they were out their head coach? Third. He got a three-game suspension. Uh, there might well there might have been three. other game. He was suspended at the beginning of the season the, too. Yeah, for a couple games, games. That's right. Early in the season, and then I think the last two was the last two or three. Yeah. This was his third game in a row that he didn't play, starting with the Penn State game, which on the road, which was a a tall order for the first game of the suspension, and that's when I came yeah, away so being six a games. yeah six games, John. That would be yeah. That's like half the season. Coach. <laughs> Without their coach, it makes it even more impressive. AP, um, yeah, six games without your coach on the way to the college football playoff, probably. Exactly yeah. right. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they're heavily favored, heavily favored to beat Iowa again. Quality team. Uh, all credit to Iowa. Here they are back in the Big Ten championship game. I think I heard early on it was a they were Michigan was 22 point favorites, which is simply unheard of in a champion conference championship game. I don't know what it is now, but you know, uh, but Michigan looks good. You know, Blake Corum, the running game is really, it's something special. And JJ McCarthy is just a terrific quarterback, like leader. But I think pure leader. He, He reminds me of Tom Brady, uh, from back in the day at Michigan. And I know Brady and he have, been interacting recently, which I think is terrific. Right. Oh, yeah. No, they have good leadership on that team, and they do. Like I say, you you win six games without your head coach, and against top level competition in their in their conference, um, that's that's outstanding because. What you're always trying to do as a coach, you're you're trying to develop your team so they don't need you. Of course, in football, there's more uh, play calling by the head coach, whereas in a sport like basketball, you're on the court, you're making those quicker decisions and uh, other sports probably. But 
But football, you're looking to the sideline for your head coach to make a call or coordinators to make calls. So, but they do have the coordinators; they just don't have the head coach. Absolutely, no, very impressive, very impressive. Um, so, you know, good for them. Um, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be fun to watch the Big Ten championship game on uh, on Saturday night at 8 p.m. Um, another game that was just great, and there was a few of them AP over the weekend, college football. Oh, yeah. Uh, the oh, yeah. Washington Washington State game, again, These all these right. rivalry games just are fabulous. And uh, that game, yeah. undefeated Washington, was just spectacular to watch, um, and especially the way it ended. Uh, they went for it, I believe, on fourth and inches from their own, like, whatever 30 year yard line uh, as in you don't make it the game you know the game was tied um right. and they called one of the great plays you ever see ap where spectacular fake uh to the middle of the line quarterback to running back michael Penix, the quarterback heisman trophy candidate and then they gave it on like an end around to their best player who peeled off a long run Ultimately, setting up the game-winning field goal, it was spectacular call. Best, one of the better calls given the circumstance I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, basically, mm-hmm. if they don't get that fourth and inches, Oregon's, excuse me, Washington State gets the ball, the Cougars, and they kick the winning field goal and ruin, ruin right. the undefeated season and the college football playoff. So, yes, all credit to Washington for making that call. That was as gutsy as it gets. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's championship-level play calling. Correct. Correct. I, I think there's a bandwagon for him, and put me on it after watching that, because that was just like, okay, this is a team you'd like to see go far. Um, and, boy, do they have their uh, work cut out for them against Oregon Friday night, a hot team, 8 p.m. Yeah. Yeah, Don't right. miss Washington, Oregon. They've already played what many considered the game of the year earlier in the season. Which Washington won. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a great game, and you knew it. Like, you you went out of your way to watch that game back in the day, you know, back in early in the fall. And here they go again. Uh, Every reason to believe this could be, again, the game of the season. Two high-powered offenses, great programs. The whole thing is there. It's going to be fun. And the last Pac-12 championship, by the way. That's right. It's true. In, In Las Vegas, yes. Yes, and AP, when it, when it was all said and done, as we go to break here, you know, they flipped at 10.30 at night here in the East. They went to the UCLA-California game, and AP was so sad, where basically they introduced the game as the final, the last ever regular season Pac-12 game, period. And I, yeah. I didn't realize yeah. it. I wasn't thinking about it until the announcers started the broadcast, and Fittingly, it was in the Rose Bowl, and uh, but nonetheless, it was just sad. And so, obviously, yeah. Washington, Oregon will be the last Pac-12 championship game. Really sad. Yeah, we'll, we're going we're gonna to feel it next year when the season begins, and you're watching Cal and Stanford play in the ACC, and you're watching, I don't know, UCLA play the teams in the Big Ten in cold weather in November, maybe, I don't know, and right. USC, and... Washington and Oregon, the same uh, situation. So, and you're thinking to yourself, it was so much fun. Of course, the Rose Bowl is different now anyway because it hosts the uh, semifinal this year. 
uh, and we've seen other types of teams play from, not from the Big Ten or the Pac-12. So I guess we've been slowly weaned off of that being the Big Ten versus the Pac-12 through the years, and now it's 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 uh, dust. Yeah, yeah. I can't add anything to it, AP. I mean, it's sad. There is no other way. But you're right. It's not like the teams are not continuing in a different capacity. They're they're all still around. Uh, so we shall see, AP. But it's fine, time for our last break together. So why don't we do that now? Still a few more things to get to on the other side. So don't go anywhere. Birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Millions of people do not have children. Around the world, becoming a parent may be an unrealized dream and increasingly a deliberate choice. Yet our experiences remain largely unacknowledged across cultures, families, and friendships. Unconscious bias in public and workplace policy, media narratives, and educational content often renders us invisible. New Legacy Radio reveals these missing stories through the perspectives of our community and allies as we work to achieve meaningful change that recognizes our true and diverse experiences. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It around the southeast and on spotify and other platforms as well where they discuss the sec college football and other sports as well and college football is my pick of the week for appointment viewing which is uh this weekend's conference championships kicking off with washington oregon on friday at 8 p.m eastern should be great and then all day saturday with some great matchups and AP, um, one of the matchups 
on Saturday is Louisville versus Florida State. Louisville, surprisingly, lost to Kentucky, but they're still in the championship game for the ACC against Florida State. And AP, I just want to say, you know, here we are. We have four undefeated teams. Now there's question with Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis out for the remainder of the year with his uh, uh, broken leg, I believe. Uh, AP, to me, and there's now debate, are they going to get in or whatnot? But to me, this is quintessential. You know, if you have four undefeated teams, in this case, you know, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and uh, and who am I missing here? Uh, Washington. If you have four undefeated teams, yeah, yeah, you have four undefeated teams, there's your college football playoff. I don't care about who's injured. End of story. It's irritating to me. To me. Any other discussion? Yeah, John, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Four teams undefeated. You played in five conferences. Yeah. Um, You have your ups, your downs, but you still have the zero next to your name. That's it. There's no other. uh, Every team has had tight ball games. Look, I mean, we just discussed totally. Alabama. You're, you beat a team that was had lost by three touchdowns to New Mexico State at home. Okay, you're yeah. celebrating, of course. But let's, what, let's, be, let's keep it real. Washington, let's keep you play real. Washington State. You have, you have to win in the last minute three points, okay? Georgia plays Georgia Tech, tight ball game. Correct. Okay? Uh, they're not one of the top teams, and people will knock the ACC. Well, Georgia, they didn't find the game so easy against an ACC team. They sure didn't, AP. You're knocking Florida State. You're knocking Florida State. Uh, how did Georgia fare? They right, won. Plus, but it wasn't, it was, they didn't beat them 38-10. to 10, Like, they they beat, what, Tennessee? Was the game 38-10 to 10 or something like that? And they beat Ole Miss or in Kentucky, you know, put 50 on Kentucky, put 38-40 on Ole Miss. And they didn't beat them like, uh, you know, Georgia Tech didn't fall like that. So exactly right, AP. Have amnesia, John. They have amnesia when they talk about these teams. Oh well, the four best teams. Let's get the four best. Really? So you just uh, discount games in September? You schedule big games and just can say, well, uh, that was in September, and now we're looking right now. I mean, that's the old song and dance that Florida State would would use after they would lose to Miami in the in, the, in October <laughs> on the wide right, wide left, and at the end of the season they'd be beating up people, and and, I, and they would say, oh, we're the best team right now. Really? You don't have. Are you playing with any pressure? You're not playing with any pressure, are you? Because you have the one loss. You know that Miami was going to stay undefeated, more than likely, or some other team, or Alabama, or uh, Notre Dame, or somebody was going to be undefeated. Yeah, you're playing without any pressure. You look great. You look fabulous. I'll agree with you. But we count them all in this game. We count them all. This is not basketball. This is not the pros. Uh, this is not any other sport. College football is unique in that regard, or at least it was. At least it was. Correct. And that's and what really, I enjoyed it, when every game counted. It was all on the line. Well, that's the essence of college football, every game throughout our lifetime uh, and before. And certainly after, every game mattered. And that's why that's the secret yeah. sauce of college football's popularity. Oh, yeah. But, AP, what really upset, bothers me, is... Florida State going into Gainesville, SEC land, Gators. Yeah, yeah. Awesome rivalry. And people yeah. were, after the game, which was a close game, great game, they were saying Florida State struggled to beat Florida and, like, dismissing it. And I was like, are you kidding me? 
that that's like a great win without your starting quarterback in the first game, first game without your starting quarterback. Yes. And you know, the emotions associated with that having gone down the previous yes, week absolutely. and just all of it. I mean, going into Florida in the swamp and beating the Gators in that game, Florida, Florida state game, that's an accomplishment. And it was being dismissed. Whereas Georgia, you said it perfectly, Georgia tech, Georgia, Georgia tech gave them a great game rivalry game. Washington State yeah. gave Washington a great game, and everybody was like, yes. not even mentioning anything like that they struggled. Yeah. They were saying Florida yeah. State yeah, struggled. Crazy to me. Yeah, this idea that you're going to dismiss the ACC, like, right. oh, they're not any good over there. Well, Correct. what do you think Georgia feels about that game? Saturday? You think that they were happy with that slight victory when they were been beating, you know, they're beating Tennessee Big-time names in the SEC, Ole Miss, by four touchdowns, right? Exactly. You exactly. beat Georgia Tech by four touchdowns, and this is at the end of the year. when You've got everything going on, right? You work through all your kinks and all the miscues, and you're, you're ready. You're on your way to Atlanta for the SEC championship game. It wasn't 30 to nothing at halftime. Heck no. I, again, I wasn't planning to – monitor that game as much as I ended up monitoring it, the Georgia, no. Georgia tech yeah. game. Cause it was close throughout. I mean, they were, they were keeping it pretty much yeah, certainly under two scores and much of it seemed to be a one score game and, uh, where anything can happen. Yeah. And it was at played at it's, Georgia tech. So yeah. it was good stuff. Competitive AP. game. Oh yeah. my gosh. I mean, very competitive, which, you know, and, again, and you had plenty of fans game. there. I'm sure in Atlanta, you had plenty of your fans there. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, from Athens, of course. Yeah, so all these people, they want to make the judgment about another league. Oh, well, they're not as good as this league. And But when you – why, you think it's so easy to go undefeated in any other of these leagues? Big 12, Pac-12, Pac SEC, Big 10, AC. You think it's easy to go undefeated? I don't think yeah, you so. Know, you know what it is, AP? Everybody's acting like saying things like and, – and we're down to a minute left – but yeah, uh, it should be the easiest college football playoff selection ever. Period. If all four teams hold serve that are un- currently undefeated, end of story. That's it. Opinion, it should take. It yeah. should be a five minute vote, two minute vote. Yeah. Just, that's it. Yeah. Over and done with black and white, and that's all there is to it. But yep. and clearly you agree, and I'm glad you agree because it's to me screamingly obvious. <laughs> um, you win, you're in. <laughs> These final four teams. You win, the you win. That's it. That's, that's we keep score. We that, keep score with every game, <laughs> and it counts. That's it, AP. Well, AP, great show. Thank you, as always, for calling in and giving the spectacular description of the epic Iron Bowl that you covered yet again. Uh, and we really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, thank you, John. Thank you very much for having me on the show. And thanks again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend. And we'll talk sports again next week.